afternoon, podcast listeners. This is Kevin Eva again, the editor of Medical Education, coming to you from a glorious, sunny Vancouver day. It's October 13th, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with a countryman, Michelle Landry, who is the director of Francophone Family Medicine Training for the province of New Brunswick, closer to the opposite shore of Canada. And Professor Landry is also affiliated both personally and uh, by virtue of his director's role with the University of Sherbrooke, Department of Family Medicine from the province of Quebec. Thank you, Michel, for agreeing to chat with me and bienvenue à le podcast Medical Education. Well, it's my pleasure. I'll do the rest of the interview in English so as to not confuse you and embarrass myself, but thank you again for being with us. The reason I asked Michel to speak with me today is to talk about a paper that he and his colleagues have just had released yesterday, in fact, in the November issue of Medical Education. The paper is entitled Improving Recruitment and Retention of Physicians by Training Medical Students Locally. And obviously, Michel, this is a big issue for many people around the globe in terms of how to get medical professionals to some traditionally underserviced areas. Before we get into some of the details, though, I think it's really important for our listeners to understand some of the contexts within which you've been conducting this study, because I imagine most won't know where New Brunswick is or know what your situation is there with respect to how you're staffed by healthcare professionals, physicians in particular? Yes. Well, our particular situation is one of the two provinces in Canada. We're a small province on the eastern coast of Canada. Our population in New Brunswick is only 750,000 for the total of the province. I'm part of a francophone community, which is about one-third of the population, so roughly 250,000 population of our francophone community. We also have the distinction of being one of the two provinces in Canada who do not have any medical schools in the province. So we struggle with having doctors, especially francophone doctors, in the area to serve our clientele. That's our trying to do some training with our local candidates and make sure that they have training. And we've had a manipulation with the neighboring province of Quebec, which is a francophone province, to do francophone training for medical schools with francophones from our community. So. Without having a medical school, we were able to send them to medical school in the neighboring province. Part of the study to make sure it is working and what aspects are working to be able to recruit and retain those candidates we're sending to train with Quebec. There are no formal arrangements, and am I correct that your local candidates, when they go off to one of those other schools in other provinces to conduct their medical training, they're still free agents. They can still go off and practice wherever they choose. Is that correct? They had a formal agreement when they signed to do the medical studies in Quebec. There's reserve seats for them, but there's never been anything if they decide to stay in Quebec or practice elsewhere. There's never been an illegal recourse. So there's informally an agreement, but not a formal agreement that they really have to follow to come back to Brunswick to practice. Okay, that's useful background for people to know, just to set the context. Obviously, though, your hope is that people will come back and support the local community, given the efforts that you're engaging to try to get them into the medical schools in the first place. This has been a big issue, as I alluded to at the start, and know that many people have written on the impact of exposure to rural communities or other underserviced areas. What gap did you see in that literature with respect to the way people were talking about the issues or collecting their data that led you to think it was important to do something different and collect some data and look for yourselves at the New Brunswick situation? 
Well, one of the reasons is we've expanded the number of rotations and possibilities for Francophone training in the province over the last quite a few years. We've had an agreement with Quebec since 1967, and back in the early 1980s, we did surveys, and there's still very few of the Francophones from the grounds that went to train Quebec that came back. So we're still in dire states for a number of doctors to serve our Francophone communities. So we knew in the early 1980s we had to change something. So at that point, we started having formal training sites in the province, which we didn't have in the past, and started to train in an affiliation with Quebec, but doing the training locally in the province and see if we had a better chance or better success of retaining them. Another important aspect is over the years, every year, the number of rotations, the number of possibilities for training in the province, and had an affiliation with one of the universities, the University of Sherbrooke in Quebec, that enabled us to start a distance training site. Since 2006, our Francophone in Brunswickers that want to do training in medicine can do it locally in Moncton, in the province of New Brunswick, their entire undergrad training. So we want to know, is that going to have an impact? Is that going to give us much more success than we have now? So we needed to know what was working, what wasn't working before we do this big development and see what works better and make sure we do the right strategies and keep improving our recruitment. Can you elaborate for me a little bit on the sorts of activities that an undergraduate or postgraduate student might experience that you would classify as having had exposure to New Brunswick? Are they, are the students from those other schools coming to New Brunswick purely for a clinical placement, or what other formal activities have you set up to try to facilitate those recruitment efforts? Well, up until 2006, for the first and second year of medical undergraduate training, the only exposure they had was a two-week period in their first year of undergrad and a three-week period in the second year of undergrad in local hospitals in the, the provinces of New Brunswick and the Francophone hospitals. And during those small rotations, they were mostly looking at the relationship between the doctor and the patient and also the nursing and other professionals working in the hospital setting with patients. So less really clinical involvement, and it was a short span. So there was, but we thought it important for them to be exposed in the province, but that's the only exposure we could offer them until 2006. In our study, which dates back before 2006, there were also exposures in third and fourth year on the grad, all the clerkship rotations, and those over the years have increased. Uh, at first, there was only one clerkship available in family medicine in Moncton. After that, we increased the clerkships available in the province and different specialties. By 2006, we had about 50% of the clerkship rotations with University of Sherbrooke that could be done in the province. So that distinction you're raising between what happens in the first couple of years and what happens in the later stages of medical training sounds important for accounting for your results. But before we get into those, maybe we should spend a bit of time letting the listeners know what you actually did. This was a retrospective study where you sent out a survey to 390 French-speaking physicians and asked them about their experiences during their medical training. Is that a fair summary? Well, we had access to all the database of all the uh, candidates that signed the agreement between New Brunswick and uh, Quebec starting 1973. So we mm-hmm. took all the candidates from 1973 up to the year 2000 and contacted all those candidates. All of them were, first of all, sent a letter saying that 
we were going to be doing a survey to find out information about what was working, what wasn't working for recruiting and retention, and general information about the agreement and the program that had gone through, and see if there had any, also all kinds of general information to give us feedback on that program. Among those information, we collected information on where they studied, number of months they studied in undergrad and in the different years, where they've done their training in undergrad in the province, also, post-grad, the same thing, how many months, how many rotations had done in the province and each of their years of post-grad training they had done in the province of New Brunswick. There's also questions on where they went to practice after they finished their medical training and also where they're currently practicing. There's also information on the reasons why they chose which locations they went to practice and what were the major influences. We had a series of 11 of the most common reasons why people choose their area of practice that we had listed, and they could also put other items if they wanted to. Thanks for that summary. I can't resist taking on an aside for a moment. Uh, just talk about one of the methodological issues that came up. You said you sent the request for participation to everybody who was relevant, and almost 400 French-speaking physicians fell into that category. One of the things that was particularly impressive about your study is that you seem to have had about almost 70% of the population respond to your request for participation, which is remarkable. Did you gain any insights for the rest of our listeners who might be conducting their own surveys as to how you were able to get that response rate so high? Well, one of the reasons I think is we're a small province. We're a small community of Francophone teaching programs. So every one of them, personally, I knew them, or one of the colleagues of school field that also was part of the research, we knew them almost personally. So mm-hmm. before we sent the survey, we had sent a letter signed by both of us saying that we were going to be contacting them to get some information. Out. So I think the small hometown feeling helped have a bigger impact. There were several steps we did to make sure we had as many people as possible. First, that letter. After that, there was a phone call by two nurses we had trained, and one of those nurses had worked for 20 years in the teaching program, so also knew some of the minimum candidates personally. So this, I think, it did help, but they had uh, options of how they could answer, either by telephone or just filling out the survey or by faxing it or different options. So the more options there were, I think, helped us to get a pretty high response rate. Yeah, that's great. And so it certainly yields considerable confidence in your findings, which were multiple. One result that stands out is just that there was clearly an influence of exposure during medical training. But one of the things I'd like to get your thoughts on were the greater still influence of exposure in the more senior stages of medical training than the first couple of years. Is that largely an issue of the specific experiences as you alluded to earlier? It's hard to say exactly what was the major reason why the post-grad, I think there was more clinical or significant exposure in the last third and fourth year. They were closer to setting the actual practice would be doing later on. I think that had a significant reason. Also, if you want to come practice in the area, probably going to make more effort to do those rotations at the later years to make sure you know the people there so you get a better chance of getting a job. Also, but some of the things we found was the influence of the liking the area. So if you're from the area and you like the area, you want to come back. And there was also significant importance of the family and uh, partner, which was important. We found in the results that factor was even more important for people who did not stay in the province. So uh, I think that goes with findings from other studies done in the past. If you're spending a major part of your time in a certain area and you found your life partner, there's a better chance you'll be staying 
where that partner's from. By having more exposure in the province, you have more of a chance to find your significant partner in the province than other places. The other piece that stands out that wouldn't seem to be accounted for by exposure to a partner, so to speak, or at least a potential partner, is that the benefits of that exposure seem to have been greater in those who went on to family medicine than the specialist population within New Brunswick. Had you anticipated that difference? We had an idea that was going to come up because they had less possibility of doing training in the specialties. And we have still a far greater demand for specialists in the area than we do in family physicians. So we knew there was something going on. We're not recruiting them as much, retaining them as much. But this was very nice to see that the ones that did some exposure in specialty in the post-grad had a very important retention rate and recruitment rate. So we're using that to try to develop more specialty rotations in in our francophone teaching program, and we have the information that shows that it's probably going to be a worthwhile investment. Certainly it does seem like you're having an impact and are having an opportunity to refine the lessons that are out there with respect to what impact exposure has on retention for these individuals and also which variables need to be taken into account as you're designing new educational opportunities for them. Can I ask you to conclude by sharing your current thoughts on recommendations that you would have for people working in other settings who are faced with similar challenges of trying to establish a relationship with a medical school, ensure that there are some opportunities put in place to attract attractive candidates to practice in the local region? Well, I think one of the things that seem to work is taking local candidates which have the, the capacities to do the training. And if you can have some kind of agreement with some medical schools that are even far away to be able to get local candidates and have them come back on a regular basis to keep their contact with your local community, it seems to be really worthwhile in the later stages of the undergrad and the postgrad. You can have some training sites locally with your local candidates. I think that's where you're going to really improve your recruitment and your retention. And it's important to have that communications with some medical schools that allow you to develop that and work with them. And I think that experience we've had with Quebec medical schools, especially with the University of Sherbrooke, has really permitted us to grow and increase the exposure. And I think that's helped us a lot with the increase in recruitment and retention for our area. Great. Très bien. Merci beaucoup. Again, I've been speaking with Michelle Landry, who is the Director of Francophone Family Medicine Training for the province of New Brunswick, and in the November 2011 issue of Medical Education, has just published an article called Improving Recruitment and Retention of Physicians by Training Medical Students Locally. As always, we've had time only to scratch the surface of the article, but it is quite interesting. So thanks once again, Michelle. I look forward to hearing what comes next. It's been a pleasure. Merci beaucoup.